this is Florence Brummer. I am the host of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I've lived in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 24 years, and in the beginning of my practice and through today, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. And if you listen to my podcast, <laughs> you may have noticed that I have not recorded in four weeks. I usually record um, every two weeks. Initially, when I started my podcast, I did one every week. And then with COVID, I was just having trouble finding topics. And I thought, you know, every two weeks is a is a good amount of time to do one. And in, I'm trying to think how many years I've been doing this. I think it's been like four or five years. And in that period of time, I don't think I've ever missed one. And I have not recorded in four weeks. And I will tell you all about that. I had planned two weeks ago to do a podcast on being present. And I'll push that off um, probably for the next podcast just to talk about everything that has happened. So last time I recorded, it was December 11th. I did my holiday gift guide. I will tell you, at that time, I was so excited for Christmas. I could not wait for the holidays to come for through the whole month of December, from like the 1st to about the 20th. My schedule was crazy. And the last time I recorded again was the 11th. The week of the 12th, I had so much court. For example, on the 14th, I had a hearing in the morning. Both were both of my hearings were out of the office. I had a hearing first thing in the morning, like an emergency hearing at 8.30, and then had to um, go to a client's house who was disabled, and then I had to go to an all-day settlement conference. I rolled back to my house like at 6 o'clock. I was living out of my car for like a good 12 hours. You know, I was... Um, had a kind of a makeshift office set up on the passenger seat. I had about a spare hour. So I went to Mimi's Cafe and I um, had some breakfast. And while I was there, I picked up their catering menu. I saw that they had catering. So I'm like, I'm going to have them cater for Christmas, try something new. And um worked, you know, for a solid hour, return phone calls. I had a conference call during that time. I did it from Mimi's Cafe, which is a, a really good restaurant. I, I, I really like them. It's like good coffee, good selection, uh, good muffins, like just good, you know. And then the next day, um, I had a, a hearing first thing in the morning, 8.30 a.m. in that. So I had a bunch of trials that had already been set. And the, though, so I still had to do those trials and I had three, at least three emergency matters pop up on my calendar. So it was crazy. Like I just was running for the whole month of December. So the beacon waiting for me is like December 21st. Um, on the 21st, I actually had a, a hearing 
but it was going to be telephonic. It ended up being like really quick. I thought it was going to be a longer hearing, but it was very short. So um, I was waiting for that to be over on the 21st. And then I had a couple of days to really get ready for Christmas. I didn't decorate this year. My middle daughter did all the decorating because I didn't have time. And um, I think my uh, my youngest daughter, she did the outside lights. My oldest daughter helped with some tree decorating. Like all of this was happening around me because I didn't have time. But I still had this beacon of light waiting for me on like the 21st and the 22nd. I'm going to run my last errands. I'm going to figure out the menu for Christmas Day. Like I'm figuring it all out. And... Then I knew like as soon as I got to that date, the week between Christmas and New Year's was pretty open except for uh, one call in hearing. And I was going to do some meetings on the same day as the call in hearing. And then um, pretty quiet until, let's see, January 2nd was when New Year's Day was observed. So the third, I don't think I really had too much scheduled. So really not anything until like the 4th and 5th of January. So almost for me, like two weeks of like not a whole lot, like in terms of my my calendar, still a lot of motion practice and, you know, answering emails, but usually the emails are more quiet, you know, things like that. So I'm just excited. You know, I'm feeling like festive. I'm feeling excited. I'm, I'm feeling relief that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And on December, so the weekend of the 17th and the 18th, where I actually thought I would get some stuff done, I was, had that headache that I get where it comes after a bunch of stress. And then the whole weekend I have a headache. So that was that weekend. And I did try to you know, do some holiday stuff, do a little bit of cooking, um, do some relaxation stuff, try to read, but I had a headache, so it wasn't great. You know, just do what I could to like enjoy that weekend and rest, but it wasn't a great weekend, not what I was hoping. So again, I'm just waiting for like the 21st and the 22nd. The 19th, we have our office Christmas party. We, every year we go to a restaurant in Cave Creek called Tonto Grill. We had a nice time. We chatted. We laughed. I ate a delicious salad. And I'm still feeling pretty good. I'm feeling tired, you know, and it was my first day without the headache after a couple of days. And so I was relieved from that. I didn't dress up as I usually do because I was just feeling just sort of a general exhaustion. The next day I had, um, I worked, but I had lunch with a friend and um, for the holidays and still feeling, you know, kind of okay, not feeling bad. But then the 21st comes and I start to feel really odd. And on the evening of the 21st, I went out for Indian food with my daughters, which is usually not a problem for me. And I don't get it spicy because I just enjoy the flavors. So did not want to, you know, make it too spicy. And afterwards felt like kind of a stomach ache that lasted the whole night, kept waking me up. I didn't sleep well. I'm like, well, you know, maybe I just am not, um, 
adjusting well to Indian food. You know, it just felt like the stomach pain that was kind of chest pain. And then the next evening, I made these really mild stuffed peppers, which tasted good, but I was like not feeling much of an appetite. But I ate some and then I just started to feel this the same stomach ache again. And I slept terrible. I was tossing and turning. I would sleep for like two hours and then I would wake up and I couldn't get comfortable. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. And it was a lot of chest pain. So I'm thinking, am I having a heart attack? <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm feeling like pain, like on my sternum, kind of going around like to my shoulder. And um, I'm checking my pulse, like my pulse is, is great, my blood pressure is great, like nothing weird is happening except for just this pain. And then on um, that Friday, I had a bunch of like Christmas errands to run and I'm just feeling blah, you know. And so I um, run the errands, I had to go kind of far, like an hour drive, um, I had to start my first errand was like an hour, hour and 10 minutes away. And then I worked my way back um, to Phoenix. I skipped some things. You know, usually I'll go to the Italian bakery and get Italian cookies. So I just skipped some things. And I'm starting to feel worse and worse. I, we stopped. I was with my youngest daughter. We stopped. I got some soup. I'm thinking, well, soup will make me feel good. It's light and brothy and has vegetables. Like all of this will be good. But I eat it and I'm feeling way worse. And then I went home and just was, I had waves of nausea, like just waves. And I felt like my food was stuck in my esophagus. And I just felt extremely yucky, like extremely yucky. I couldn't get comfortable. My daughters came down and I came to my room, kind of laid down with me, made me laugh. I watched the new Glass Onion movie and was resting like somewhat comfortably, but just again, this chest pain over and over and over again, like not going away. So I'm thinking, well, I'll sleep and I'll sleep and I'll feel better. So I kind of sleep again, the same thing. I wake up, it's Christmas Eve. I feel terrible. Same of everything, but like expanded. And I had to pick up the catering from um, Mimi's Cafe and catering from Maggiano's restaurant. I was going to my brother's and I um, ordered a big salad and a bruschetta for his house and then the Mimi's catering for my house on Christmas Day and everyone was going to come over Christmas Day. So I go to my brother's and I usually dress up because on Christmas Eve, my brother does all the work. So I'll wear heels and sparkles and all of that. And I couldn't. I just was not feeling it. I was super late and I just sort of was like leaning my head on the arm. I was sitting in a comfy chair and just sitting still because I just felt ugh. and laying my head on the arm of the chair and just watching everybody with their presence and enjoying, but just feeling really ugh. And so go home pretty early and, um, you know, got everything ready for Christmas morning, like was laid down, got up in the middle of the night, got things ready and went back to bed for a couple of hours. Then the um, babies come into my room. I think it was probably like seven or 8am. 
So we gather everybody together. Everyone's getting up. Um, I have coffee. I'm watching everybody open their presents. And again, you know, my kids are like, maybe you should go to the hospital. Just get checked out. And I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, why don't I just get checked out? It's been four days with this chest pain and weirdness. And why don't I just give myself peace of mind? I don't think I've ever gone to the emergency room for anything. Um, I take that back. I was in two car accidents where I was brought to the emergency room. I was um, many, many, many years ago. I broke out in hives everywhere and I went to the emergency room. But I'm not there frequently. I mean, I haven't been to the emergency room in 20 years, over 20 years. And it's just something I, d I don't do. And, um, you know, it's looking up like heart attack symptoms and I'm kind of having them. And my sister-in-law said to me, maybe this is your gallbladder. And I said, that doesn't make any sense to me. I've never had a gallbladder bladder issue in my life. Like how could it just all of a sudden be my gallbladder? So I watched everyone open their gifts on the 25th, had a little bit of coffee, just sips. Like I just had no appetite. I had no, I didn't want to drink anything. I had nothing, like no desire for like food, water, anything. And even when I was watching the kids, I just sort of was like bent over, sort of like holding my stomach, like rubbing on my chest, rubbing on my shoulders, just trying to relieve this pressure. It was a lot of pressure, like in my chest and on my back. So finally, I just said to everybody, you know what, I'm going to go to the emergency room. I'm driving myself. You guys enjoy the morning. I'll be back probably two hours. And I'll make dinner. So I drive myself, the emergency room is about 10 minutes away. I go inside. I tell them, they say, what are your symptoms? And I'm like, well, chest pains. And I go through the other litany. And I guess anytime you say chest pains at a hospital, they just escort you right on back. So they hooked me up to, you know, EKG. They um, started doing ultrasounds. They started doing all sorts of testing. They tested my blood. They tested me for COVID, RSV, pneumonia, um, you know, they're just, they're running all these tests. I, they bring in uh, an x-ray. They give me an x-ray in the room, a CAT scan, and the doctor comes in and he says, your gallbladder is completely inflamed and infected. And there is a stone in the duct and sorry, but you can't go home. We're admitting you. Um, if you let this go any further, it could explode. Um, and we have to operate, you know, pretty much as, as, as soon as possible. And my white blood cell count was super high. So I was like f trying to fight this infection. And so they said, we're hooking you up to an antibiotic IV right away. You also need fluids. So now I'm on an IV and, um, I call my family and I'm like, I'm not coming back. They're admitting me and they're going to do surgery as soon as they can. At that point, they didn't know if I could stay there or if they had to send me to another hospital. Of course, this is Christmas day. So it's not a regular, you know, sort of staff. And I went to the Dove Valley location of Honor Health. 
I will tell you, this is, was such an amazing experience. This staff was so caring and nice and wonderful and prompt and just wonderful, wonderful. Um, sweet, because they realized my Christmas was ruined and um, explained everything. The surgeon <coughs> came in to talk to me. Eventually, they figured out I could stay there. They would operate on me there, but they couldn't operate on me that day because they didn't have the staff to do it. It was getting late. There was just a million reasons why they couldn't operate on me. They needed, you know, um, by then I had eaten, I think I had had like a piece of biscotti maybe or and some coffee. So I didn't have a lot of food in my stomach. So I think they felt like they could probably operate okay. But I had had something that day, so my stomach wasn't entirely empty. So finally they figure it out. They're like, we're admitting you, we're bringing you to another, like a regular room, which I was very glad about. And, you know, in an emergency room, you just, it's not as comfortable. You really don't have blankets. You're, you know, you don't have sort of the creature comforts that they might have in like a regular hospital room. So I'm also, I'm in a windowless room, so I'm trying to call people and let them know what's going on, and I can't, you know, my phone's not working great, all of that. So, um, hey, hi, here comes my grandson, Adam, he's going to come on the podcast, come here, honey, oh, he ran off, um, so, this is again Christmas Day. They admit me. I start calling my family. Hi, podcast. <laughs> Did you say hi, podcast? Uh, okay, come on. Talk in the microphone. Uh, uh, say hi, everybody. This is Adam. Uh, um, to go. Okay, could you sing in that microphone? Oh, come on, sing a song for everybody. Uh, Just real quick, and then I'll give you a treat. Uh, Just a quick song. <laughs> When I'm done with the podcast, we can convalesce, okay? <laughs> Say hello. No. All right, well, you're not oh. fine. Uh, One day I'll have you on it, and it'll just be me and you on the show, okay? Me, you, and Gray. Dot, dot. All right, sorry about that. So um, they admit me into my room. I'm like getting a hold of everybody. I still told my daughters, I'm like, I have this food from Mimi's Cafe. Like, don't let it go to waste. Everybody can come over. You guys eat and, um, you know, eat this meal that I have. And I guess they did. I later found out that everyone said it was super weird for me not to be there. Um, A little bit later in the day, my husband and daughter and uh, two other daughters came and um, hung out with me. I was actually able to order um, a liquid diet um, while I was there. Um, Oh, not for the first part. For that evening, I could actually eat something, but I still was like having not much of an appetite. So I ate, I don't remember what it was, but it was very little. I would say, I will say this too about the hospital. Their food was great. Their service was great. It was so wonderful to be able to order from this menu that just had 
really anything that you could want. So I had something to eat. I had a little bit of coffee because I was having a headache from not having my usual coffee consumption. Um, I They gave me some anti-nausea medication. I was still hooked up with the antibiotics. I was on antibiotics through an IV for a full 48 hours at the, you know, the end of the day. And so I could um, eat and drink until midnight. So I actually woke up at 1130 and drank a little bit of water. And then the next morning I got up and um, just waited. And um, my family came back and, and visited with me. And then they took me to surgery. And I remember the anesthesiologist saying, I'm going to put a little something in your IV. You probably will pass out immediately and won't remember going to the surgery room. And for sure, <laughs> like she put it in and I don't remember anything further. And so many hours later, I woke up in my room, so which I don't remember going back to and um I was very cranky I guess or agitated I'm not sure what I was I I was out of it and I remember um just saying crazy things my husband was like I remember him naming foods to me and I was telling him to shut up because he was going to make me throw up. And um, I was telling, you know, the staff to leave me alone and um, that I wanted to go home. And I said it hurts like an mf'er, Like I was cranky. I was swearing. And my kids later said, they're like, you're so polite to everybody <laughs> just to see you kind of going nuts was um weird like they they weren't expecting it but I don't I didn't have any control of it for sure so um you know finally they're able to get me to sit up and they want me to walk around a little bit I had no strength I I was in so much pain my legs were wobbly I used a walker to walk a couple of steps and that's all I could do I went to a chair sat in a chair for a little bit and I just was not wanting to move. I could just feel the, the pain. So, um, I think I, I was on a liquid diet that night. So I had some things like Italian ice and like a veggie broth, like, and I just remember it felt so good to be able to have some food that didn't just get stuck in my esophagus because of what was going on with the gallbladder. Just to give you some, if I would have been smart, I would have listened to my sister-in-law. And later when I looked, I had the classic symptoms of gallbladder disease. Nausea, no appetite, extreme exhaustion, uh, chest pain, stomach pains, pain in your back, pain on your shoulder, can't get comfortable, lots of pressure, wake up in pain. Like whatever it was, I had it. I had it all. So um, finally, like around 5.30 or 6, the staff said to me, we're going to keep you another night. Like you were just not in a condition to go home. So I ordered um, 
uh, they cleared me for a regular food by the morning. So I went to sleep and just pretty much slept the whole night. Sometimes would get up and, you know, would um, go into the bathroom. Just a lot of walking back and forth to the bathroom just to get that, like, movement going. And um, on the 27th, I woke up. I ordered, this will remain one of my most delicious meals in my life. I ordered pancakes and coffee and I'm not sure that the pancakes were that delicious, really, but it all tasted so delicious to me. Uh, I had a little bit of fruit. Like, it just was, like, lovely to be able to eat like that and have... I remember drinking the coffee, and it felt so luxurious and so delicious. And um, so they're starting to get me up again. And um, I even had time to order lunch like I was there probably till about two and I went home on the 27th I was there for um about let's see 48 about 53 55 hours so two days um a little over two days so now I'm home on the 27th throughout all of this like the on Christmas day before my surgery I put an out-of-office message that I, I, when I read it later, it, I think it had a bunch of typos in it because I just was not in good shape. It said, I have been admitted into the hospital. I am having emergency surgery. Um, call Tanya and Renee if you need anything. It's also a holiday week, so I don't know when they're going to be around. That basically was the message. And um, so the 27th, they go home. From the 27th to about the 1st, just a lot of laying around. Getting up, it was important to anyone who has surgery and important for me to get up and move around. So a lot of walking around my room, um, going downstairs for a little bit, things like that. Um, on the second, I went back into the office. From And those days I had Renee bring me my mail. Like I tried to stay up on mail and email. I don't think I was really returning calls. I just wasn't up to it. My throat felt fr pretty sore from the breathing tube. Um, it was like, a, you know, I, I can't complain too much because it was, it was surgery, but it's also very standard surgery. So I've learned a lot about the whole process <laughs> since it's happened to me. So it happens to everybody. And then I, so many people reached out to me and said, oh, I had the same exact thing that happened to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how am I so blind to all of this? I joked with my doctor. I said, next time I have a gallbladder attack, I'll um, be able to recognize it. And of course my gallbladder is gone. <laughs> so it's a joke. And he's like, oh, you won't again. You don't have a gallbladder. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> got it. Um, so I go into the office on January 2nd, which is the New Year's Day observed holiday. And I um, just kind of putts around the office for a couple of hours. I had to do billing, too, because it was the first of the month. There was stacks and stacks and stacks. I, I made a a stack of all my telephone messages. There was quite a few telephone messages. 
of people who had called during that week. Um, I didn't call anybody back on that day. I have just found if it is if it is a holiday, people are not prepared to talk to you. A lot of times when they call, they think that you know if you if you call on a holiday, they will be prepared. But I've over the years I've tried it where I've gone in, I've called people on Memorial Day, Labor Day, other observed holidays. Just people are not in that mindset. So I just don't do it. It, it just becomes um, very futile, you know, and, the, and generally the people are like, oh, you know, I'm with my kids or whatever going on. And I'm like, okay, let's just talk tomorrow. So instead, I put together all my messages for the third. So on the third, I go into the office. And while I was getting ready, I was returning calls. I had my headset in and I was putting on makeup and getting ready. And I thought, I'm just going to go to the office for a few hours. I'm still not feeling anywhere close to like, okay. So I um, go in and it turns out to be like just the most insane day ever. Because I had at that point, I hadn't been there in a week. And even though, thank goodness it was a holiday week. If it was a regular week, like, I don't even know what that would have been like. I went in, um, I, you know, I'm still returning calls. I'm like cleaning up a bunch of emails and cleaning up a bunch of documents. And this is after putting in like a good four or five hours on the second, where I really felt it on the second, I felt like I was there. Like I was like, okay, I'm like mostly caught up. So I didn't get home till after five and I made like a uh, dinner for breakfast. I made pancakes, which I thought was easy. All of that killed me. It killed me. It was way, way too much too soon. So the next morning I said, I'm not jumping out of bed. I'm like easing myself out of bed. I um, made sure my daughter was up for school. So this was Wednesday, made sure my daughter was up for school. And then I laid down for a couple more hours. I just was not, hi, it's Adam again. I'm going to freeze you all. Oh, he's going to freeze us all. Come on. Talk into the microphone. Who are you? Say in there. Um, you're Adam. Hey, give me like 10 more minutes and then we'll convalesce. Convalesce is what Adam and I always say that we're doing in my room, <laughs> which is a very weird word to hear come out of a three-year-old, but it's our thing that we do together. He convalesced with me a lot since I've been sick. Um, so the third, I just sort of, the fourth, I sort of gave myself a, a, a break because I knew I had all this stuff to do on the, on the fifth. I had an initial doctor appointment after the surgery, not with the surgeon yet, but with my primary. And then I actually had a, a hearing, a trial in person. And the day before on the fourth, when I was trying to relax and just get myself together, I was walking up the stairs. So this was after that day where I pushed it too far too fast I fell I fell on the stairs I banged my knee so hard 
I banged my ankle. I coughed. I dropped a cup of coffee. It splashed up in my face. It splashed in my hair. And I just knew. I'm like, you've done too much. <laughs> you have to relax. So I tried to relax as much as I could on the 4th. Um, the 5th, I was in court. And then on the 6th, um, I had a couple of telephone conferences and got out of there a little bit early. And then this weekend, trying to relax. So that's been the last four weeks. A couple of tips to for when something like that happens in terms of a med- medical emergency. Rely on that out-of-office message for email. It helped me a lot. A lot of people just understood. The vast majority understood. Um, surprisingly, some people not so understanding. A little hurtful, you know, that um, I couldn't jump up and take care of whatever request they had. But I just sort of did my best with that. Um, rely on your staff. Oh my gosh, did I rely on my staff. I, you know, texted with them. Um, Renee is my sister-in-law and assistant. She came to my house a few times. Um, I, you know, would email with Tanya, was on the phone with her. They were great. They were great. Rest and sleep. I don't know that I've ever slept this much in the last two weeks. And even with that, I still don't feel like it's been enough. I've been exhausted. And when I am doing things like, you know, I'll I'll rest, I'll sleep, I'll get up in the morning and I'll kind of feel okay. Like I will feel like, hey, um, things are uh, back to normal and I'm going to um, take care of some laundry. I'm going to do some other stuff. And then when I start doing that, I'm like, no, it's not okay. Like listen to your body. Drink a lot of water. Like needed so much. I could definitely tell that I was having a lot of dehydration and the fifth one was this is kind of wrapped up into all the other ones is give myself a break physically and mentally I didn't go to the hospital because I was working and was behind on personal stuff because of my amount of work And I could have had very serious medical consequences because of it. So I really, really have to remember that. That if something is not right, I have to give myself a break. Even though all that happened, like even after the surgery, there's been a few times where I have pressed it too much and have felt the pain in my incisions, have felt the exhaustion in my whole body. So that's that. (laughs) I will have a more normal podcast in the next two weeks, but I just really wanted to give an update of why I haven't recorded in the last couple of weeks and what happened. I did, on the upside, if there can be an upside to all of this, is that I did see a tremendous amount of movies. It was hard to concentrate and read because um, just 
the exhaustion, you know. But sitting and watching and propped up on pillows, I could do that. I saw a tremendous amount of movies, so I thought that maybe the best thing to do was give a top five. And I'll start with my fifth favorite one. So my top five movies, the top five movies I've seen in the last couple of weeks as I am convalescing. Number five is Respect with Jennifer Hudson. It's a movie where she is Aretha Franklin. It's a movie I avoided because I just, the reviews were sort of meh. And I just thought that it seemed sort of paint by numbers. And I wasn't really interested in it. I watched it and really liked it. It was a better than average biopic and Jennifer Hudson gave a great performance as Aretha Franklin she did her own singing and she sang like Aretha and just everything that Aretha Franklin went through I mean, that woman had a child when she was 12 years old she had a child when she was a child so the things that she went through are, are just amazing I mean she was friends with Martin Luther King and marched in civil rights. And um, so it's a movie I, I highly recommend. Um, very enjoyable. I sat on a rainy day watching it. There was another thing that kind of made all this more tolerable is it rained a lot. It rained and it was cold. I didn't get to do all my favorite Christmas stuff. I didn't get to go to Zoo Lights. I think I still have the opportunity if I get my act together and go in like the next week, but it's been a weird year for sure. Number four is Vengeance. It is a movie that is written by, I think directed by, and stars BJ Novak. This movie is so original. It is about a guy who's doing a podcast about a true crime involving... Um, a girl that he dated. It says a lot about podcasts. It says a lot about hookup culture. It says a lot about phones, <laughs> how people relate with each other, the internet, um, opioid. It, just, it has like so many things going on in it and a lot of twists and turns, but not in an inauthentic way. It's a very authentic movie. It's sort of hard to explain it, and um, I almost, it was a movie that I was going to skip. It just seemed like a very tiny movie. I hadn't really heard anything about it, and one day I was like, you know what? I, I loved B.J. Novak's essays. Like, why not? I'm just sitting here with an ice pack on my belly. Like one of my favorite movies of the year. Number three is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Not technically a movie, but sort of a, te I would say sort of a teaser to the new Guardians movie and very delightful. I watched it twice. It's only about half an hour. It's laugh out loud funny. It has um, some fun songs in it. A lot of fun surprises. Like I highly enjoyed this where they could have made it sort of crappy it is not at all. <clears throat> it 
if you love guardians, even I mean, you sort of have to know guardians to um, jump into it. If you were if you have not never seen Guardians of the Galaxy, like watch Guardians, watch Guardians 2 and then watch this. It's all thoroughly enjoyable. It's on par with the first two movies in terms of quality. My second favorite movie that I watched in the last few weeks was Glass Onion. That's on Netflix. This is a semi-sequel, semi I guess, to Knives Out in that it has Daniel, Daniel Craig's detective character solving another mystery. It's kind of Ag like Agatha Christie, Miss Marple, or Hercule Poiret, where they're detectives and they solve different mysteries. So it's like you know, kind of like Death on the Nile, like something like that. Um, so no other carryover characters from Knives Out. <coughs> mm, sorry. Glass Onion was very enjoyable. I enjoyed Glass Onion more than I did Knives Out. Knives Out, I felt, was okay. Like, it was fine. I saw it at the movie one night, movies one night. It was all right. Glass Onion, like, I loved it from start to finish. I loved all the characters. The characters in Knives Out, I felt, were fine. Um, the characters in Glass Onion just were very entertaining. Edward Norton is in it. Kate Hudson. Dave Bautista. Uh, Janelle Monet, Like, a really, really good cast. Who, and they have a lot of fun in their roles. And my number one favorite movie that I watched was Bros, which is on Peacock. And it's um, like a gay rom-com. Very, very, I felt, it felt very true. It also had callbacks to some of my favorite rom-coms, like When Harry Met Sally um, was one particularly that, that came out to me. Whoever wrote it was obviously a fan of Nora Ephron. I am a huge fan of Nora Ephron. It was laugh out loud funny. It had great characters. Um, oh my God, why can I not think of the the main guy's first name? Um, Michael Eichner. I love him and everything I see him in. He's been in a couple of the American Horror Stories, and he is super funny. His love interest in Bros was adorable, like Meg Ryan, adorable, <laughs> and but you know, it's like a very masculine guy. So it, again, it's putting the rom-com rom on its ear, but like very true. And um, it had a great, um, oh, I don't want to spoil anything, had a great moment at the end that I really loved. Lots of moments throughout the movie that were very touching. Again, lots of laugh out loud moments. Um, um, you know, a little, a little racy. It, where it was like very into like the the into the sex so it wasn't like just like very pillowy and um not true I guess <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it anyways I love this movie I want to see it again I thought it was so funny I thought it was so touching I teared up at the end I love the acting I loved everything about it so that was my favorite movie I've seen in the last couple of weeks all right, I'm going to wrap this up because my grandson has been trying to um, get my attention for a while. So sorry about what's been going on 
uh, during the podcast. He's We like to spend a lot of time together during the evenings, and he's been waiting for me. All right. Um, you can find the podcast on Patreon, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name and under my law office, and my website is brummerlaw.com. I will be back in two weeks if all goes well. Thanks again. Turn away, turn away.